0: from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day.
1: I'm Jane Van Ryan, and I'm your host for today's episode of Energy Tomorrow Radio. Today, I have former Senator John Bro of Louisiana, who serves as co-chair of the Energy Initiative, along with John Felmy, chief economist of the American Petroleum Institute. Senator Bro, tell us a little more about the Energy Initiative and what the program's goals are. Well
2: Jane, I served for 34 years in Congress and during that period of time I was always struck by the inability of various groups to talk to each other about energy. And what I meant by that was that you had environmentalists and you had producers and you had consumers all had very strong opinions, but they didn't really talk to each other very much about what their points were and try to find common ground on how to solve these problems. So what I did since I've been out of the United States Senate is to form a group called the Energy Initiative, where we actually have brought these different groups together for over a year now, talking to each other about how we may come up with some common ground uh, and ideas about how to solve our nation's energy policies. Each group has to understand that they have to give a little in order to come up with a consensus among the various groups. And I think we've come up with some fairly good recommendations. And I think that it reflects really for the first time where they've actually all sat in the same room, talked about the same issues, and shared their opinions, and made legitimate compromises.
1: Well, I understand you recently sent a letter to Congress urging them to correct the flaws in the proposed energy legislation. Which provision specifically prompted that action?
2: Well, I think that the bills that are pending before Congress, and actually I hope they do get a final bill adopted and signed into law, I think is, is lacking in the sense that it doesn't do enough to encourage traditional forms of energy being produced for our nation. I'm talking about oil and natural gas. Uh, we have to have renewables, and the bill has a lot of that. There's a lot of of incentives for alternative new types of energy development and we have to have that but the truth is that for the next several decades we're going to have to focus on the traditional sources of energy in this country and i think the bill is lacking in that uh, particular area we shouldn't single out and try to pick winners and losers and i think that this legislation is tilted towards alternatives and renewables like I said, we have to have those in the mix, but it can't be to the detriment or to the taxation of the traditional forms of en- energy to the detriment of those industries. And I think that this bill is lacking. It can be fixed, and we have urged Congress to come up with what I would perceive to be a more balanced approach towards solving our nation's energy policy.
1: It sounds what you're that what you're talking about then really has to do with the supply side of the equation, Uh, Do you favor additional investment in oil and natural gas or in more traditional types of fuel at this point in time?
2: Well, it certainly has to be part of the mix. I mean, you have to have traditional sources. Like I said, it's going to be supplying the bulk of our nation's energy for several decades to come. And there's a lot of things that can be done to increase supply because demand is clearly going to increase. I mean, the projections on the increase in demand are, are, are really astronomical in the sense of how much more we're we going to be needing as this country and this nation continues to grow. And traditional sources have to be part of that mix. And so there are some things that we can do. For instance, uh, come up with a rational means of looking out the outer continental shelf for additional sources of supply, finding ways, for instance, to streamline the permitting process, which would be, I think, very, very helpful. So what I'm saying is that we shouldn't say we're going to put all of our eggs in one basket, and that is renewable fuels. We ought to be looking at coal. We ought to be looking at natural gas. Uh, We should be looking at increased oil production. We should be looking at nuclear as well. So I think that what we're recommending is that we just take a common-sense approach, knowing that the traditional sources of energy are going to be the main sources of supply for the next several decades, and we shouldn't do harm to those sources of supply while we encouraging other sources as well.
1: John, Felmy, let me direct a couple of questions your direction now. We're talking about two different things here, one of them being the, the energy legislation that's already on the table, and then this other idea that Senator Breaux is putting forward. Can you address both of those, perhaps? What do you think about the energy legislation as it's currently written, and then about the recommendations that the Senator has?
0: Well, first, the energy legislation as it's currently written really is a potential of a repeat of the mistakes of the past. What it does is penalize the oil industry, which we learned from the early 1980s can result in lower production, increased imports, and moving in the wrong direction from what Congress has said they want to do. It also has restrictions in terms of producing more energy, uh, access to resources, outright bans, and a slowdown in the process. And finally, it resurrects price controls, which really we found for the last couple millennia have not worked. Uh, Anybody who's old enough to remember gas lines of the 70s knows that price controls don't work now going forward I think we can do something important in energy and it's got to be following the uh, outlines of what the energy initiative has done in my own words I like to think of it we need to increase supplies of all type we need to improve efficiency and have wise use of fuel and finally we need the infrastructure and the education of consumers to be able to move forward but the bills at this point do none of that
1: Senator, there are some critics that would probably say that by focusing or perhaps even giving any credence to traditional forms of energy today, that you potentially could be short-circuiting the promise of alternative fuels. How would you respond to that?
2: Well, I think that we've tried to make it very clear that we support alternative renewable energy sources. I mean, that's very has to be part of the mix. Uh, you know, that is perhaps what the future is going to be. Um, consisting of a large portion of our energy will come from renewables and alternative fuels and we encourage that but you shouldn't do it to the detriment of our traditional sources of energy which are going to be the principal supply for the next several decades and we think that the bill is not done enough to focus in on what are we going to do with the traditional supplies some have pointed out that a fifteen billion sixteen billion dollar tax increase on the traditional supplies of oil and gas and not going to do very much other than raise the price of those supplies to the ultimate consumer. Every time there's a tax increase on a big oil company, it's going to be reflective in the products that they sell to the ultimate consumers of those products. And so the point we make, it has to be a balance. It has to be a blend. It has to be both alternatives and renewables, but you can't do it to the detriment of the traditional sources of supply. And there's nothing wrong with trying to address both, and that's what we're hoping the Congress would do.
1: What would you say, though, Senator, to those people who say that taking the approach that you're talking about today would indeed increase investment and offshore drilling for oil and natural gas, and with that comes a higher risk of environmental impacts?
2: Well, I think that uh, any type of energy development is in, is not without some risk I mean whether you're building a nuclear plant or you're you're, you're doing anything windmills you've been pointed out to have adverse impacts, and you see some parts of the country saying no windmills in my backyard so I mean that's why we've emphasized education is one of the recommendations we have to look at uh what the real risks are to any type of energy development from a standpoint of offshore development. Uh, The very credible National Association of Science has looked at where oil spills have come from and determined that less than 2% of the oil that's spilled in the oceans of the world come from offshore energy development. Most of it come from tanker discharges or industrial uh, pollution and not from offshore oil and gas activities. So I think that one of the things we would recommend in our legislation recommendations is that we have a real study of the effects over the last 40, 50 years of offshore oil and gas development. So we just don't hear scare stories going back to 40, 50 years ago, but really have a, a real good baseline study to look at what have been the environmental impacts of offshore oil and gas development. There are some states who would like to encourage that type of activity off their coast, we feel they ought to have the right to do that and not have the federal government tell them that they can't do it, even though the citizens of that state would like to have that type of development and participate in the revenues that it could produce.
1: John Felney, what has been the record of offshore oil and natural gas production in this country, say, in the last 45 years or so?
0: I think it's important to look at what the reality of our record is. If you look at uh, how the industry has performed, you'll see that it has minimal impact given the amount of resources that's produced. And to reinforce that, if you think about what happened during hurricanes Katrina and Rita, where the industry uh, suffered blows of 100 100, uh, feet seas and 200-mile winds, and no significant spills will occurred, I think that's a demonstration that we are performing in an environmentally sound way.
1: Senator, one thing I haven't heard you address is the issue of America's energy independence or its dependence on foreign oil. Do you think it's realistic or achievable to be independent?
2: Probably not is the short answer, I think. I think that you know the world gets smaller and more and more countries are interdependent on each other for their resources, and I think that's probably going to be true for a long time, but I think that we have to strive and move towards producing to the maximum extent that's feasible and possible within our own country. You know, so much of the energy we consume in this country today comes from very unstable parts of the world, whether it's the Middle East or countries like Venezuela, and we can't really depend upon them in a crunch, And we have to do everything we can to maximize our ability to produce energy in this country safely in an environmentally effective manner. And I think we can do that. I mean, the record shows we can do that. But to say that we're just going to close our borders to any type of imports, I think it's probably unrealistic, and certainly in the short term, and probably for the next many, many decades to come. So we have to maximize what we can do. But also be aware of the fact that the world is getting smaller and you can be looking for resources all over the world.
1: Well, this is indeed a global marketplace. There's no question about that. And that leads me to a question for you, John Felmy. From the industry's perspective, do you think that the bills as they're written right now make it harder for American oil companies to compete? in this global scale or in the global industry?
0: A couple of the provisions of the existing bills do penalize oil companies for going abroad to bring more energy to American consumers. That's really unfortunate because when you combine it with the restrictions that they also impose in terms of developing energy here, it really leaves the consumers out, uh, and unfortunately it won't help them. Uh, We really do need to look for energy of all types, all over the globe, uh, including in the U.S. and other parts of the globe. So we would hope that the Congress would reassess these provisions and realize that they're not helpful.
1: To wrap this up now, many groups are beginning to speak out about this particular energy legislation. In fact, they're calling it No Energy legislation. Uh, why is it so important you think that Congress pay attention to this public concern right now and get this energy legislation right?
2: Again, we certainly don't want to produce a no energy energy bill and I'm afraid that if we only focus on alternatives and renewables to the detriment of the traditional sources of energy that we could have an energy bill that doesn't have a lot of energy in it. And so I think that members of Congress ought to look at the broad picture not just narrow focus and, and, and sort of single out uh, some areas for being a winner and other areas for being a loser. I think that would be bad government policy. And I think that the reason we've asked for a real education ingredient here is to let the American public know there aren't any easy answers. And I think to a certain extent, Congress is looking for easy answers. And and they've said, well, let's focus on renewables because if we, if it's renewable, then it'll be here forever. But I mean, that's a simple slogan, and what you have to do is educate the American public to the fact that there are no easy answers to this problem. Any solution has to be a broad approach to development of energy resources that include everything. And unfortunately, the bill at this time doesn't do that, and that's what we're trying to get that message out.
1: Would you agree with that, John?
0: Absolutely. If you look at the traditional energy sources that the Senator has been talking about, they comprise 98% of our energy. And if you look at the alternatives that people are talking about, it's less than 2%. So even if you expand those alternatives dramatically, you still have a lot of energy you're going to need. And so going forward over the next 20 to 30 years, uh, traditional energy sources are going to probably maintain their market share, and so we need to help them along to help consumers.
1: Well, and we're all going to be watching Congress, obviously. in the next several days and weeks and months, frankly, as they try to grapple with this very important issue for our future. Thank you both for coming in. Our guests today have been former Senator John Bro of Louisiana, who serves as co-chair of the Energy Initiative, and John Felmy, chief economist of the American Petroleum Institute. Thank you, gentlemen.
2: Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.